Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Welcome to Season 2 of the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. We didn't take much of an off-season. We're right back into it. And that's because you all reached out and had so many great things to say about the episodes. And quite frankly, I'm really enjoying them myself, talking and learning with the elite-level lacrosse goalies of our game. It's just fantastic, and I hope you're enjoying it. And this week, we've got another outstanding guest. It's Liz Hogan, member of Team USA and the Boston Storm. And we talk about a number of topics, Liz and I, why she doesn't like using pads, her current training regimen, her philosophy for being an elite goalie, who are some of her heroes, how she gets out of a slump, how she handles eight-meter shots, and some visualization techniques that she uses to improve her game. So just a wealth of information at the goalie position, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Liz Hogan. Before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Listen, the perfect diet doesn't exist, but Athletic Greens makes it easier to ensure that your body or your kid's body gets the micronutrients it needs to thrive. I take this whole food supplement daily just to make sure that I'm getting the right level of nutrients and vitamins for optimal performance. It's my emergency plan in case my diet lacks vegetables. Athletic Greens has a special offer for the Lax Goldie Rat podcast listeners, which is a free grass-fed whey protein pack when you buy the supplement. So check it out at laxgoalyrat.com slash git slash greens. Well, cool. My next guest is Liz Hogan, XTX athlete, member of the Boston Storm, Team USA goalie, all-around badass goalie. Liz, welcome to the show. All right. Thank you for having me, Damon. <laughs> sure. No problem. So I always like to start at the beginning uh, to kind of hear your story about how you became a goalie when you first stepped into the pipes and what was it that attracted you to this great position? Yeah. So I have a pretty unique story. Um, I actually started playing boys across in second grade and uh, you know, I played that, we, you know, you played every kind of position throughout it because it was youth sports. And but then in sixth grade, you had to play girls across and I wanted absolutely nothing to do with girls across. So I guess for me, the natural progression was to go to softball, which I'm still not sure why I did that, but I did that. And was mostly a catcher and an outfielder. So um, my, I have a twin sister, and she also played lacrosse with me, and she actually stuck with girls lacrosse. So when it became to be our freshman year in high school, I decided I want to switch back over lacrosse. And uh, first two days of tryouts, I just, like, decked two girls. Um, so <laughs> I figured, you know, why not give the goalie, goalie route a shot because it seemed pretty similar to being a catcher, and, you know, the rest was history. That's great. Um yeah, there's a great clip I love of you, deck, like for Team USA, kind of laying a girl out and giving a little shrug, be like, oh. Whoopsies. <laughs> Whoopsies. Um, so I guess when you first stepped in to play goalie, I mean, were you scared of the ball? Or was it like a real nap? Did you have one of those kind of personalities where, you know, you didn't really have that right off the bat? Yeah, no, I, I don't ever remember being afraid of the ball. I think, you know there was a couple of bad bruises, but I don't ever remember having that hesitation. I think if anything, again, that whole softball mentality of, you know, going to receive a pitch kind of mm -hmm. translated right into, you know, going after the ball and goalie. 
That's true. Yeah. Cause it is kind of like some carryover skills there where you got like a fast pitch coming at you. Same idea. Yeah. And someone's swinging a, a bat at you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you are wearing quite a few more pads as a softball go- as a softball uh, catcher, right? True. Yeah. And when I first started as goalie, they, you know, just padded me all up and, you know, it, it definitely took a little while, but I definitely shed most of that padding. Um, in fact, I'm a pretty big believer of, of not wearing leg padding, but um, yeah, that, so that was something that I started out with, but it didn't last very long. Mm-hmm. And why, why specifically do you, are you a believer in not wearing leg padding? Uh, I've seen a lot of girls in particular, since it's mandated by our rules, unfortunately, they use leg padding as a method for saving. And well, I, you know, I understand the the concept of wanting to protect your legs. I think there's something inherently, you know, good to feeling that pain and realizing, oh, I didn't do it correctly. You know, like I think there's, I think there's a little bit too much given on the equipment and where people should learn to get their stick there, the head down, all that good stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. If if the if wearing the padding is taking away from that great save technique, then yeah, it's definitely definitely an issue. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of young goalies, especially if they their coaches put them in like softball catcher or the ice hockey pads. They just you know close their legs for a low shot, and it's just it's really hard to break that habit as well. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, how would you describe your your goalie style? Your goalie style of play. Uh, let's see here. I, you know, I think everyone, you know, all good goalies have a good natural athletic base. And, you know, I don't think you can be too far squatted down or too far standing up, but you know, I'd say I'm kind of right in the middle in terms of my stance. You know, I'm not, I'm not too one way or the other and I'm not too wide or too narrow, but just relaxed. Um, and then, you know, I throughout different career, different points in my career, I've been asked to play different ways, but most comfortably I like to play like a foot off the goal line and, you know, like a mid arc and, pretty standard really. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing I noticed just kind of watching your videos, um, like you're very fit. I'm just curious what your, your goalie training regiment looks like these days. Well, I I think a lot of that actually came from being in the U S program where they pretty much uh, demanded that you be in just as good a shape as the field players. And it, you know, it definitely took me a while to find a routine that that's fit me well because uh, I'm definitely not a person that's going to go out and run three three hundred for fun. <laughs> um, but as a recent, you know, I found a couple personal trainers. I was training with a, a pro wrestler for a little while, which was a lot of fun. And um, most recently, I've been going off tactical barbell, which has been a lot of fun. Um, a lot of heavy lifting, but then a lot of high intensity conditioning too. That's great. And is that are you coaching as well? Yep. So I am a PE teacher for grades K through six, but then I also coach uh, our varsity girls lacrosse team and also our varsity girls golf team. (laughs) Oh, nice. Nice. And is that, is that sort of workout? I mean, is that what you would recommend for like a young female goalie or is that just kind of where you're at with your career right now? You know, it's kind of where I'm at now, but I think the it, the tactical barbell stuff, from what I've really taken away from it, is it's it's pretty basic. Like you're learning your squat, your bench press, your deadlift and pull-ups, and you know all of those train everything that you really need to use. It's not really isolating things. So I think it's good for beginner lifters because you're going to learn that technique, but then also the conditioning aspects a lot more fun for me, anyways. Um, you know, I'm sure it is for other people too, that just hate going out there and having to run. Yeah. I mean, I think many goalies can appreciate 
the hating having to run. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, I totally agree in that. I mean, we do need to be one of the most fit on the field because as soon as you get tired, like your, your mind just goes and you lose concentration. Totally. Yep. And so, you know, even if, even if I'm not having my goalies go out there and, you know, do a lot of running, even just to get their heart rate up and then immediately get in goal and take a few shots from that. I think that's important as well to your point. You know, you never know what you're doing in a game, but to get that the blood flowing and the heavy breathing is always a good thing to practice doing. Yeah, totally. It reminds me of this, this coach we had when I played basketball growing up where he was like, anybody can hit a free throw you know, when you're fresh, but after you've sprinted up and down the field, up and down the court 10 times, like, can you hit a free, free throw then? And it's like the same, the same concept of being a goalie. It's like, if you're fresh and you just stepped in, sure, you can make a save, but now after four quarters, maybe chasing the ball out, being active in the field and, you know, all the mental anguish that goes in with giving up a goal. Can you make that last save in the fourth quarter? Totally. And, you know, even with women's across two and the eight meter, that's pretty much like a free throw in basketball. Right. So to your point, uh, definitely got to be, got to be ready for those. Yeah. Can we spend some time talking about those eight meters? Sure. um, (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, it's obviously a very unique part uh, of female lacrosse. It just doesn't exist in male lacrosse. And I've talked to a few female goalies, but we haven't really discussed the eight meters. Like what is your, what's your approach? Uh, the first thing I always think about is, you know, where's the shooter, which hash they're on, and then where are my defenders? Um, and that'll kind of determine where I am in goal. So for instance, if the, the shooter is on the center hash, so basically right in front of me in the field, but then I have two defenders, uh, one on either side of her, you know, I know that they're going to keep her angle pretty true. So I can take a little bit high of her arc in that stance. Um, just because I know she's pretty much going to have to funnel straight into me. Um, but then, you know, you have instances where maybe they have, uh, a lesser of an angle, but then you have to account for someone else on the other side of the eight meter. Um, and that's where I tend to take a little bit more of a flatter arc and direct that. But um, honestly, it's a lot of repetition and practice. And then also just trying to find a way to, to be light and loose and not let yourself tense up. That's a really good point. I guess a couple points. So the first one is recognizing where your defenders are and like kind of what options the ball carrier has right so like exactly yeah yeah and then if they have very limited options you can get a little more aggressive in the arc and and come out and to and cut off that angle right right and, and you know hopefully maybe even deter them from even taking that shot you know and if they do maybe it's just wide that's like the best case scenario but yep yep and the other interesting thing is it's kind of like you know, the world cup's going on right now, but it's kind of like a penalty kick, you know, where, where you've got this moment like before where it's a dead ball and you know, that even that aspect is very different. Like, do you have a sort of mental routine that you go through before those eight meters? Uh, well, shots you know, it's a little bit different now with the free move on the whistle um, as you can help direct your defense here and there. So I think a little bit more energy is spent doing that, especially in the pro game and in college, but international, you know, you're still kind of stuck to where you are. So I think a lot of it, you know, I just like to, I line up the same way every time, take a big deep breath and just focus on the ball. Um, just really try to zone in on it. Cause I, I find when I try to do too much, then my focus is everywhere but the ball, which is, you know, the one thing I'm supposed to be saving. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Makes sense. Okay. And then besides obviously taking a lot of reps in that situation, are there any other specific drills that you do to specifically help eight meter shots? 
you know, I just think any kind of reaction drill that you're going to do is, is going to be helpful just because you're guaranteed a shot from pretty much in close without uh, much contact from your defenders. So the reaction drills, any kind of patience drills, all of those are really good for eight meters. Awesome. Great. How has your game changed from, from that first time of stepping in goal up to where you are now through, I guess, through, you know, through junior high, through high school, your time at college? Yeah. Um, I think I've changed a lot as a goal. I think uh, first and foremost, it's been pretty awesome that I started so late compared to a lot of people in terms of being a goalie, just because I've constantly been peaking and rechanging my game. Whereas I feel like a lot of people get stale, but um, you know, I, I used to be a, a lot more unorthodox and didn't have too many fundamentals just simply because I didn't have a goalie coach until I was in college. And then once I got to college, you know, I squared away those fundamentals and tried a different a couple different styles. Um, and then in, in the U.S. team, they, they, they asked you to play a specific way, I guess is, is the best way to put it. Um, something that was going to, you know, play into their system. So, you know, I was really trying to perfect that for a few years and and now I'm back to somewhere in the middle where I, you know, I have my fundamentals, but I'm definitely playing the way that, you know, I enjoy playing. Yeah, I gotcha. What, what does that, I mean, without giving up too much of Team <laughs> USA's secret sauce, like what, what does that even mean? Like they, they try and make you play within their, within their system. Well, I mean, there's new coaches, so there's no, you know, there's no giveaways now, but, you know, it used to be a heavily um, high pressure defensive system where, you know, the goalies would come out and play defense and, you're always, you know, more or less recovering into the goal. So, you know, you had to know how to play defense first and foremost. So a lot of time I spent, you know, trying to understand that, but then also trying to make a save while you're just recovering into goal. It's a lot less, you know, set and make the save and a lot more, you know, on the fly. So, you know, there's definitely trade-offs to both. And I certainly enjoy playing that way, but, you know, I prefer to be a little bit more at home and, you know, get the interceptions and whatnot when I can rather than, you know, going off and doubling someone. Yeah. That's what I prefer to do too, as well. But I was never a very big goalie. I'm, you know, five, eight. So kind of on the smaller side for the, for the male game. And, and, um, anytime I tried to come out and take on a defender, it usually didn't work out well. So I always, <laughs> I always, uh, stayed home and tried to go for that interception and make the save. And then as a result, I kind of coached that way as well. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I think that leads to a great point, right? Is we all have to play, to who we are as, you know, as goalies in terms of our body type, then also hand, foot quickness, and, you know, then also what our teams are playing too. And I think that's often something that, you know, you can tell a goalie what's, what the ideal goalie is. And I don't even know what that would be because, you know, it all, it's all on these different circumstances. So what's going to make you allow you to have the most saves. Right. Totally. And it could vary game by game for the same goalie. Totally. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Liz, I want to take a quick break to mention the sponsor of this podcast and that is the Lexi Shield. Concussions for lacrosse goalies are a real problem. Just listen to all the goalies on this show who've had them. And unfortunately, standard lacrosse helmets do not do enough to provide protection against concussions. Enter the Lexi Shield. It's a post-market device that attaches to the helmet and drastically reduces a goalie's chance at getting a concussion. This thing is really a no-brainer for practice. So check it out at laxgoaliewrap.com slash get slash Lexi Shield. Now let's get back into it. So with all the experience now, is there any goalie advice that you would give your, your younger self? Uh, I think the biggest advice I would give myself is, uh, you know, ha- hammer home those fundamentals first, but 
I've also found that I've grown so much more as a goalie just simply by watching other goalies and, you know, maybe more so now than back when I first started playing, there's a lot of YouTube, uh, TV, you know, there's just so many more opportunities to watch goalies. And, you know, I think the ability to watch other goalies and kind of critique what works for them, what doesn't work for them, and then giving yourself that freedom to go out there and try it. You know, I think all too often we're as humans afraid to make a mistake and, you know, as goalies, we're going to let in tons and tons and tons of shots. So to give yourself that freedom and, you know, really try different styles of play and figure out what works for you, not, you know, what looks great on film. I think that's a great point. I think all goalies should feel free, especially in practice, to try to try new things. Totally. Yeah. And, and, it, and, and especially, you know, to you and I, how we like to go out and make interceptions. The only way you're ever going to know your your distance that you can cover is by unfortunately not making it a couple of times and figuring that out. So I think the the practice and really giving yourself that, that freedom is huge. Totally. Yeah. Who, who are some of the goalies that you watched and, and what did you learn from them? Uh, I actually had Tillman Johnson up on my wall <laughs> when I was growing up. He was, I just saw his, uh, his mentality and ability to stay in a game. I remember him making an absurd amount of saves in that, in that championship weekend. And, you know, in that, I think it was a muddy game in like 06 or something like that, maybe 04, but no, that was Matt Russell. But anyways, he had that incredible game and, you know, that's what always stuck out to me is it doesn't have to be pretty. It just, you know, but you as a goalie can really hold your team in there. Totally. I totally agree with that. And so he made so many saves, uh, leading his team to the championship, but you know, oftentimes as a goalie, you don't need to make that many saves. You just, like you said, need to keep your team in it. Um, right. you know, and, and even if you've given up tons of goals during the game, you know, it could be that last save that gets your team the win. Yes. Yes, totally. Cool. Um, was there a time you ever went through a slump and and how did you get out of that? (laughs) Yes. Um, I definitely went through a slump. It actually ended up being one of my better years, but my sophomore year, um, you know, I had a lot of things going on outside of lacrosse and for whatever reason, just started off the season horribly. And that is, um, when my, my coaches really helped me out and Reggie Thorpe in particular, really just, you know, uh, kept on encouraging me to take game by game and, you know, practice by practice. And I think really just breaking it down and realizing that, you know, you may not make saves, but if you can direct your defense and maybe get those ground balls or interceptions, you can have just as good an outcome, you know, that you wanted to. So I think the slow and steady really helped. That's good. So for, for them and, and for coaching you is more about just staying strong mentally and understanding that, you know, like I said before, if you can make just a couple of saves and give your team a chance to win, uh, you know, you're doing your job. Totally. And I think, uh, you know, one of the greatest things I actually learned from Reggie in terms of being a coach too, is, you know, everyone at Syracuse always felt like we were his number one priority and, you know, every single day was dedicated to us and come to find out after we graduated, we all talked about him. We were all like, Oh, we all felt the same way yet. None of us ever realized that he was giving, you know, everyone that same feeling of like worthiness. Um, and so that's always been something that I've, that I've strived to get back. How do you do that? How do you do that? Cause I know like there's probably a lot of lacrosse head coaches out there. You're, you're a head coach who, you know, they feel like they have so many responsibilities and they do, right? And it's like goalie is probably very low on their list, especially if they're not a goalie. So how, how, do, you, how do you go about doing that? 
You know, I think it's just little things like getting to know your players, asking them, you know, simply how their day was, remembering if they had a test or not. I think just the little things really go a long way. And, you know, just checking in, asking, you know, how how to go today, how you feel today. And just those little gestures, I think, go a long ways rather than just the generic addressing of the group. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think that's really good. So as a head coach, how much time are you spending with the goalies? Uh, so I'm actually the assistant coach, but, um, uh, yes, no, that's okay. Um, so I actually work pretty closely. We only, um, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, only have one goalie for our high school team. So I'm lucky that I could spend a decent amount of time with her, but, um, you know, between there's only me and one other coach. So it is tough for sure. And, um, I'm lucky that the goalie that I'm coaching, she's, you know, really into it. So we'll, we'll schedule time either before or after practice to, to get in that extra work because, you know, just a two hour practice, you really don't have enough time to work one-on-one with, with your goalie, especially if you have more than one goalie. Yeah, I agree. Well, and that extra work always helps. You know, I, yep. I think, I think a lot of, I think a lot of coaches who don't know how to coach goalies end up just having them take shots. Right. 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 And that helps. Right. Don't get me wrong. Like that, that definitely helps. But if they don't know what they're doing and you're not reinforcing those techniques, um, there's just so much more you could be doing like attackmen don't just take shots. Right. I mean, you work on dodges and you work on three on twos and you work on all these things. So as a goalie, we need to do that as well. Totally. And I think that's, you know, at least the collegiate level too, probably one of the most overlooked coaches positions you're either you know pigeonholed into it or they just you know they they find a defensive coach and hope for the best so you know I I would like to see more goalie coaches in in the collegiate levels but obviously it's it's tough to again have one person dedicated to two or three people at most (laughs) yeah no totally yeah there's definitely a lack of of goalie coaches but you know it's starting to grow and and like you mentioned earlier there's a lot of great resources uh online I mean I'll throw my own site in there uh, but also, you know, there's a lot of, lot of YouTube and Instagram channels that I really feel like as your own goalie, if you have no coach, it's on you, um, to learn some drills. Right. And even if you want talk to your coach and say, Hey, these are the drills I've got, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, and they should be all aboard. Exactly. And, you know, kind of going back to my masters, but, um, you know, it, there comes to some point where you, you learn more by teaching yourself anyways. You know, I, I didn't have a goalie coach until college, but, um, you know, you can, you can film yourself, you can kind of feel what's, what's working, what's not working, or, you know, even just, I'm letting more goals in off stick high, you know, and in work for a solution there. So totally agree with you on that point. There's, there's a lot of resources that you can use, even if you don't have a goalie coach. Yeah. If you think you understand this goalie position, try to try to coach someone else and and how to play it. Cause it really like, this is what I've learned. Like I've become such I'm so much more knowledgeable in the goalie position, just writing about it through my site. Cause mm-hmm. I really have to like stop and think about it. And like, how do I explain this to somebody? And I I've talked with other goalies on this, on the show, like pro goalies. And they're like, I don't really know how to explain what it is that I do. Uh, <laughs> you know, cause they're just naturally good. But if you really want to understand the position, you've got to, you know, try teaching it to someone else. It's kind of right. Point there. I think there's that saying there that uh, if you're if you're truly understand something, you can explain it to like a five year old. Right. You should be able to use simple words and get your point across. Um, and I think that's true. I mean, I always felt like I became a much better goalie over my summers in between college um, semesters than I did you know, during the college semesters because you spend all summer 
teaching the basics and going through the motions and really talking about your craft rather than just taking shots. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Cool. Let's, let's change gears a little bit and talk about the mental game. Um, (laughs) as you know, obviously the mental game is a huge piece of being a successful goalie. I'm curious, what, what are some things that you do to remain mentally tough? Uh, the biggest thing that I've ever done or continue to do, I guess, is, um, you know, visualizing through, uh, through your own eyes of what you want to do, but then also what you, when you mess up, how do you react? And I think that's really important to me because, you know, outside of in college, it's, it's really hard to get a lot of reps. So the more that I can visualize and, you know, make saves in my mind, in my mind's eye, I think the more successful I've been, but then also, you know, I think it's important to feel and see what it looks like to do it wrong as well. Um, so that you're kind of training yourself to, to feel those differences in the actual game time as well. That's really interesting. So, you know, if you let in a high shot and your first reaction was to dip, it's, it's recognizing in those seconds after the goal, you know, I just dipped right there. You know, I really need to stay relaxed in my, in my stance, see, track the ball, see the ball and make the right movement. Exactly. And and that's what one of my coaches in, in college, Maggie Cook, taught me is, you know, yeah, visualize all, you know, your favorite saves and how it literally how it feels, how it looks like from your view, from the shooter view, but then also visualize what it feels and looks like when you don't make the save. Like, what are you doing? How are you acting? And I found that's really helped my game because, again, it's you're becoming your own. Sorry, I'm doing a You become your own teacher, and that's where you actually learn the most. So, um, you know, to me, having that that visual standpoint is so much more powerful than really anything else in terms of visualizing in the mental game. Yeah, I'm a huge, huge believer in visualizing. Um, you know, visualizing saves. I, I also like that idea of visualizing kind of not success, visualizing giving up goals, and kind of what you know, what that feels like and what that's all about. Yeah. Um, and I think that also helps with your reactions post save too. I know there's a lot of goalies out there that, you know, react very poorly and that gives it away to the team that you're frustrated and just kind of ants them up. So the more that you can kind of control that, um, the more successful you can be, even if you're not successful in the game. Yeah. How, how are you with giving up goals? Were you, are you a very emotional person? Like, did you get really fired up and how did you kind of contain that? Uh, in high school, I was horrible. Um, I would get really frustrated to the point where my mom told me that if I bang the pipe one more time, she was going to pull me from the game and she didn't care what my coach said. (laughs) Um, and I think just in high school in general, I had, um, just issues with how to deal with things when it didn't go your way. Not that I was ever upset with anyone else, but I'm just so self-critical that I had a really hard time dealing with it. So, you know, I've worked really hard on that. And I think, again, it comes from, the visualizing and um, just practicing it. You know, <laughs> when you're in college, you're going to get scored on every day for probably a hundred times. So, you know, you just got to work on it. Cool. So that would be your advice to a young goalie going through that is one visualize, you know, both the positive and the negative and kind of prepare yourself for that. And then I guess work on it in practice. Yeah. I think once you come to the understanding that you're going to let in a ton of goals and it's, maybe just part of your process. I think the more comfortable you become with it, not that, you know, you want to get comfortable with letting goals in, but that you're, you know, you're seeing it to your point, the value of letting it in and what you can learn from it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. 
Awesome. Any, um, as you're coaching, any sort of common mistakes that you see young lacrosse goalies, specifically the female lacrosse goalies making? Ooh, that's tough. Um, you know, the, they're just oftentimes not trained well, and I don't know where it comes from, but it's usually a lack of um, willingness to, to drive their hands and body to the ball. Or, you know, it's, it's like I said, the, the padding gets in the way and they're just, you know, using their padding to stop the save. So I, I spend a lot of time correcting that. And then I will also say there's been a, a ton of goalies that I've coached that have troubles clearing. And I don't know if that's because uh, maybe they're not playing any other sports, ball sports where they have to throw the ball or they're not used to throwing with the goalie stick. But I find that's a, a common problem as well. Yeah, that, that's a good one. That second one, trouble clearing. A lot of people write me about that. Um, and one of the things that I, that I, like when I look at videos that people send me, like they're very lazy in their warmups, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how you practice is how you're going to play. So you can't expect to like be very lazy with scooping up the ball and, and kind of throw a lazy pass back to the coach off your back foot. And then all of a sudden it's game time and you need to throw like a good athletic pass and expect to just be able to turn that on, you know, like how you practice totally. is how you play. Yeah, and every time I run a clinic, I pretty much do the same thing, so I know what's going to happen. But, you know, we'll just practice making saves without shots, and then inevitably the first couple ones, they look like they're going as slow as molasses, and you just ask them, you know, is that the speed you would make a save in a game? And nine times out of town, they're like, no, really, let's do it at the speed of a game, because why are you practicing that, you know? Exactly. You always got to go speed of the game. And then the other thing, you know the Goldie Smith guys? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they taught me a great one. It's crow hop and over the top for clearing, which is like give it a little crow hop and then make sure you're releasing over the top just to, to, to preach that fundamental clearing technique, which I love. So I've, I've like uh, incorporated that and feel free to feel free to as well. <laughs> yes, definitely. For sure. We can all share good advice, right? There you go. That's right. You know, it's a small goalie community and I, I figure, I figure we can all share everything. For sure. For well, great. Sure. Um, Couple more questions. What uh, what's your current stick setup? I know you're an XTX um, athlete, so I, I assume you go with the XTX gear. I do. Yeah, pretty much STX through and through. Um, I'm a little unique in that I use the the Shield 100 chest protector. Uh, I just hate chest protector, so the the least amount of padding as possible is is what I prefer. So that's the way I go with that. But then uh, the Eclipse 2, I've absolutely been loving that. And then, uh, usually some kind of Scandium Pro or Saitai Shaft going on down there and, um, 500 gloves. Cool. Yeah. I love the STX Eclipse 2. I, I notice in your stance, you've got your hand very high, like on the plastic. Do you want, do you want to talk about like that setup? Like why, uh, you prefer to go with that? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's probably just the way I was taught in terms of, you know, your hands going to the ball, you want to get it as close up there, but I've always just found it most comfortable grip there. And then I put, I usually put a little bit of tape on the shaft. Um, I just always felt like that's where my hand was most comfortable in securing the stick. So. Cool. Sounds good. Um, any, any final pieces of advice for all those young goalies out there? (laughs) Uh, practice makes perfect. Um, I, I never had the luxury of having too many shooters other than my twin sister, but if you can find a wall and you can find a ball, you can be a great goalie. So that's, that's my biggest take home message is, you know, you can replicate shots, you can work on your clearing, you can do reaction ball stuff off of it. So it's a great resource. That's pretty cheap to use. (laughs) Nice. 
Uh, Liz, where can people learn more about you if, if they want to, uh, if they want to? Uh, well, I have my own website, tulacrosse.com, with the number not spelled out. Um, but most of the stuff that you can find about me is either on the United Women's Lacrosse page or STX and on Instagram, just Liz underscore Hogan too. Awesome. I'll link up to those when this comes out. And thank you so much for taking the time today to share uh, all your goalie knowledge. I really appreciate it. Of course. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Liz Hogan and learned a thing or two. You know, male or female, I'm learning that it doesn't really matter. Many of the concepts are applicable to either males or females, regardless of who is on that particular day. Liz was a very highly requested guest by a lot of listeners, and I can see why. Uh, She's absolutely great, a fierce competitor, and an amazing coach. So go out there, get some training in. Have a great day. I'm Coach Damon Wilson. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson. 